Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of worship today? God bless you. It is certainly an honor to be with you on this special Pastor's Appreciation Day. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be here. We love Brother Gary and his dear wife and family and uh, appreciate uh, their faithfulness to the kingdom of God. God bless you, Pastor Howell. Thank you so much for your service here. And I know you're thankful for your pastor that loves you, that feeds you the word of God and is there to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And uh, he does come from a long history of family members that have been faithful to God over the years. And um, we're thankful for that, but appreciate this opportunity to be with you today. It is good that my wife's able to be with me. Stan, this is my wife, Amy. We've been together 34 and a half years. And so we've had a good journey thus far. I think we'll try to finish it out together. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, please turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter number 11 is where I would like to uh, draw our attention to this morning. I wanna read verses 20, 21, and 22. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20, 21, and 22. In these verses, three patriarchs are mentioned, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Each of them is given a testimony based on their faith in God. Isaac's faith concerns an individual. Jacob's faith concerns a family. Joseph's faith concerns a nation of people. And the faith of each of these men is mentioned at the close of their life. So if you found your place, let's read Hebrews chapter 11. I want to begin reading in verse 20. If you found your place, if you would please say amen. amen. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Jake blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Look with me in verse 21. I want to draw our attention to this passage, verse 21. It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. This verse has some powerful truths in it that we can apply to our life today. And I want to draw from this passage of scripture preaching to us this morning on the subject, leaning on a reminder. Leaning on a reminder. Would you just join hands with the one sitting next to you? Let's ask God's anointing upon this phase of the service as well. Our God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to minister the word of the Lord. Thank you for the worship that has ushered us into your presence. We sense your anointing, we sense your presence. Thank you for that. You're here, Lord, and we appreciate your faithfulness to be here. I ask you for the next few moments, if you would, Lord, to anoint me with the Holy Spirit to minister the word of the Lord. I pray that you will help me to articulate your word in a manner that every heart here will be able to understand and grasp the truth of it. And we'll thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
leaning on a reminder, Jacob is 147 years of age. He's nearing the end of his life. His health is declining and word was sent to his son Joseph that your daddy is not doing good. Joseph came to see his daddy and in doing so, he brought his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to see their granddaddy. The scripture tells us that when Jacob had heard that Joseph was coming to see him, that he strengthened himself and sat up on the side of the bed. And whenever Joseph came in and stood in front of his daddy, He took uh, his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, putting Ephraim in front of his daddy on the left hand and Manasseh, who was the oldest, in front of his daddy on the right hand. Isaac, uh, uh, who was uh, his health declining and his vision was almost blind, did not recognize who the two boys were and he said to Joseph, whose are these? He said, well, Daddy, these are my sons, your grandson, Manasseh and Ephraim. The scripture says that that Isaac took his hand, or Jacob took his hand, rather, and uh, reached out and placed his right hand on the young son, Ephraim, and took his left hand to place on the oldest son, Manasseh. Genesis chapter 48 and verse 14 says that he moved his hands wittingly, meaning he was led and directed by the Holy Spirit as to what he was to do. Joseph said to his daddy, Jacob, uh, uh, wait just a minute, you're, you're to take that right hand, which is a sign of blessing and authority and power, and you're to place it on the oldest, Manasseh, not the youngest. And he says, I know, son, I know what I'm doing. He said, both of them will be blessed, but, but the younger will be blessed greater than the oldest. How many of you know that when someone is near death, the last days, the last hours of what they say and what they do are very, very significant? It was Judge John Bruce who was appointed federal judge in 1875 by President Ulysses Grant. He was on his deathbed and he told his daughter, I want you to go get my Bible and bring my Bible to me and open it up to Romans chapter eight, verses 38 and 39. Due to his weak condition, he told his daughter, said, I want you to take my finger and place it on verse 38. This man of God, a federal judge, said these words as he quoted Romans chapter eight, verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And when he done that, he took his last breath and he died. He died with his finger on a promise, a promise that God would be faithful to love him and nothing would separate him from the love of God. 
You see, it's significant in the last hours of a person's life what they're saying. This is what we read about in Hebrews chapter number 11 in verse 21. Jacob, an old man near death, his son Joseph brings his grandsons to see him. And there were three specific actions this old patriarch of the faith done which will apply to you and I and they will speak to us truths that we can hold to, we can anchor to, we can live by. Follow me quickly this morning. First of all, in Hebrews 11 and verse 21, the Bible says, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed the sons of Joseph. Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed the sons of Joseph. Listen, if there's anything significant that we can do is pray a blessing over our families. This is what Jacob was doing in the last hours of his life. He was a blessing his family. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14, that parents brought their children to Jesus that he might pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them for this, and Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that Jesus laid his hands upon them and prayed for them. I like what Mark writes about this moment in Mark chapter 10. In verse 16, he says that Jesus took the children up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. If Jesus thought it necessary to bless children, why shouldn't you and I bless our family? You see, those of you that are gathered here that are fathers, you need to start every day praying a blessing over your children, praying a, praying a blessing over your family before you depart ways in the morning to go to your work, lay your hands on your wife and your children and pray a blessing over them. Mothers, throughout the day when you're around your children in passing, just lay your hand on them and pray a blessing on their life. Grandparents here, when your grandchildren are with you before they go home or if you go see your grandchildren and before you leave, gather them up around you and lay your hands on them and pray a blessing upon them. My wife and I, we have four grandchildren and when they come to our house before they leave, I gather them around if it's just one or maybe two or if all four are there. I gather them up in a circle and I gather them around close and I lay my hands on them and I pray over them. I pray a blessing over them. If I go to their home, I do the same thing. They may be squirming and laughing and giggling. That's all right, but I want them to hear their papa pray over them. I, I want them to hear their papa pray God's blessings over their life. I want them to hear a voice speak into their spirit. There is a God that loved you. There is a God that's got a plan for your life. There's so many voices speaking into this generation today that are not godly voices, but I want my grandchildren when they get older and begin to make choices on their own, I want them to remember my papa prayed for me. He laid 
laid his hands on me and if he believed God was good enough for me, then I must be able to trust in that same God. And it's significant, do not, listen to me, do not leave your family to chance. Do not leave your children to chance. Be intentional about blessing them. I had a mother one time look at me. She was frustrated and she said, I will not pray for my daughter anymore. I'm, I'm at the end of it. And, I, and I, I stopped and looked at her. I said, if you don't pray for your daughter, then who is? You tell me who's going to pray for your child. And I filled her tears and she said, I don't know who will. I said, you cannot afford. It is an eternal, it is an eternal significance. You keep praying. No matter how far they go into sin, no matter how far they run from God, you keep praying. You pray God's favor. You pray God's conviction. You pray God deal with their heart. If there's ever been a time we need men and women that'll stand at the throne of God and pray for their family, it is in this hour. It is in this time. Don't you let your children there be an influence by a society that is anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Holy Spirit, anti-Bible, anti-church. Don't you let that voice speak into them and tell them God's not real. Whenever they're around, when they're sitting in that high chair and there's baby food all over their face, lay your hand on that little baby and pray God's blessing. When that teenager doesn't want to listen to you, lay your hand on them. Go to that bedroom, lay your hand on that doorknob and pray God's blessings. Listen, it's time we stand in the gap and build up the hedge and intercede for our families. Listen, if an old patriarch of the faith saw the importance of it, you and I need to see the importance of it in this moment. Hallelujah to God. Here's the second truth. Second truth that we need to apply is the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 21, look with me, he said, by faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed the sons of Joseph, and then the Bible says, and worshiped, and worshiped. Think of that. He's don't have, he doesn't have long to live, but he makes time to worship God. The Bible says in Psalms 145 in verse number two, every day will I bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Isaiah chapter 25 and verse one says, O God, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise your name for you do wondrous works and your counsel of old is faithfulness and truth. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, by him, meaning Jesus, by Jesus, we are to offer unto God the sacrifice of praise continually and the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Did you hear what the writer said? That we, by Jesus, through Jesus, we are to give thanks unto God. We're to offer the sacrifice unto God continually, continually. That means when things are going good, we need to worship God. When things are going bad, we need to worship God. When we're happy, worship God. When we're grieving, worship God continually. Are you with me? Continually. We need to learn that I realize these are uncertain times, but we cannot let uncertain times rob us of our worship and our praise that God so rightly deserves. You see, your faith, 
The expression of your faith, the greatest expression of your faith is whenever you will worship God when the circumstances is not conducive to it. The greatest expression of your faith is when you will worship God when circumstances are not conducive to it. You see, whenever the worship team is leading us in worship and the music, it's easy. The atmosphere is there to worship God, to praise God. But what do you do? What do you do when you've just been told you got a terminal sickness and you don't have long to live? What do you do when a family member has just passed away and your heart's grieving and broken and yet your heart, you just don't understand, your spirit is crushed? What, what do you do whenever you've just been told you've been laid off from your job? What, what, what do you do whenever your child is rebelling and running away from God and doesn't want anything to do with you because of your stand for the Lord? What do you do in the middle of that? I'm gonna tell you what you do. If you're a child of God, you must worship God because that's an expression of your faith. Even when the circumstances are not conducive to it, when you don't feel like it, whenever, whenever it's just things just don't seem to, to fit just right, you still will lift your hands and you will from your heart begin to praise the name of the Lord. Job was told one day as he was at his home, a man came running to him and said, Job said, I was out in the field and the Chaldeans or the Sabians came and took captive or killed the servants and have taken all the oxen and I'm the only one left to take. And while he was yet speaking, another man come running up and said, Job, the fire fell from heaven and burned all the uh, sheep and your servants have been burned and I'm the only one left to come tell you. And while he was yet speaking, another servant came running and said, Job, Job, the Chaldeans have came and took the, took the camels away and they've killed the servants and I'm the only one left to come tell you. And while he was yet speaking, another individual came and said, Job, I was at your oldest child's house and a severe storm came and it hit against that house and all 10 of your children that was in that home were killed and I'm the only one left to tell you. Think of this in just a matter of a few hours in just a matter of a brief period of time, Job went from being one of the most wealthiest men in the East, one of the most influential men in the East. He lost all of his wealth in just a few matter of moments and just a few matter of unfortunate circumstances. And then can you imagine being told not one but all 10 of your children have been killed in the same day at the same house? From that moment on, he'd walk out of his tent and he'd look down, in the, down by the yard and he'd see 10 tombstones where he buried 10 of his children at in one day. Can you only imagine? It's hard enough to lose your, your, your uh, uh, supply, your finances, but then to lose your children. That's your future. That's your, that's, 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 there's that happiness that comes from the family. But the Bible says in Job chapter one, verses 20 and 21, that Job, when he heard all of this, he rent his clothes, which was a customary sign of grief. And the Bible said he fell upon his face and verse number 20 of chapter one of Job said he worshiped God. And verse 21, Job, the Bible said, Job said this, naked came I out of my mama's womb, naked shall I return, blessed be the Lord hath given 
done and the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me say something to you, friend. When everything that you hold dear has been snatched from you, whenever your heart is riveted and your spirit is crushed and the enemy will come against you and tell you now where is your God at, you will show a greater expression of faith whenever you will rise up from your heart with uplifted hands and say, I know in whom I have believed in and I am persuaded he's able to keep that but I've committed unto him against that day. I believe he's able. It's your worship. It's when, when it doesn't seem like it fits. You worship with grief. You worship with a heavy heart. You worship with brokenness. You worship even with confusion. <laughs> even when you got a mind filled with questions, you still worship God. Here's an old man doesn't have long to live. And he takes trembling hands and lays it on his grandsons and he blesses them and then he worships. But then there's a third truth I want us to draw from. If you would hand that to me. Notice what Hebrews 11 and 21 says. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed the sons of Joseph and worshiped. And then the Bible says, leaning on the top of his staff. You say, what's the significance of that? Every Hebrew boy at the age of 12 was given a staff. That staff would walk with him through the rest of his life. That staff would become his journal. That staff would become something that every significant event that took place in his life, he would notch out a place in that staff Notch it out as a reminder of what happened in his life. No matter where he went, no matter how old he got, right here, that's when I got married. That's when my first child was born. That's when my second child was born. That's when my third child was born. He'd mark every one of them down. No matter where he went, how old he got, how many children he had, grandchildren, when grandchildren come along, he'd, he'd really have a lot of notches out down there. He'd notch them all out. If the Lord healed his body, he notched it wherever it was because wherever he went, you know, they, you know, they'd get together down at the gate of the city and they'd sit down and they'd compare staffs. <laughs> they'd talk about, well, I see you got a new notch. Yeah, the Lord done this for me this past week. Yeah, the, the, Lord, the Lord intervened this past week. They would have testimonies to tell by the notches in their staff. Why? And that's why he was leaning on his staff. You see, that staff was, was a reminder of one specific truth. God's been faithful to me down through the years. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Kings chapter number four, in verse number 14, that a Shunammite woman came to Elisha and said, my boy that God promised to give me has taken sick and died. And I want you to come to the house and I want you to pray for him. And Elisha, the Bible says, that he took his staff and gave it to his servant Gehazi and said, go lay my staff on the dead boy. What's the significance of it is this. That staff was a reminder of the faithfulness of God. If God did it once, he can do it again. If God did it once, he can do it again. 
when Jesus sent the 12 disciples out but two, the Bible says in Mark chapter six and verse eight, he says, as you go, take nothing with you. Do not take a purse, do not take any food, do not take any clothing. The only thing I want you to take with you is a staff. Why? Because throughout their journey in doing ministry and walking with God, he wanted them to take that staff and notch out every time God done a miracle. God gave them the victory over demonic forces. I want you to be able to tell what's happened, what's went on, and what's done. You see, it's the significance of the staff. It was to remind me of God's faithfulness. David stood before King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Goliath of Gath had been coming for 40 days at the top of the, of the hill and had been defying the armies of Israel and cursing the God of Israel. And David heard it and became angry and was brought before King Saul and he said, if, 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 you'll, let me, if you'll let me have at him, I'll, 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 I'll give him a piece of, of who we are. <laughs> Saul said, you can't go fight him. You're nothing but a youth. He said, but what you don't understand, sir, is I was out tending to my daddy's sheep and a lion and a bear came and I got the victory over the paw of the bear in the mouth of the lion, pulled that lamb out or out of the mouth of that lion and out of the paw of that bear and I believe if the same God that done that is the same God that can give me victory over this Philistine. And, then, and, and, and Saul said, well, I, 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 all right, you go, but here, I want you to take my armor. <laughs> And Saul, you know, was a tall man. David was a short guy and he put it on. It just didn't feel comfortable. And David knew in his heart you can't do battle against the devil in a backslider's clothes. <laughs> you, can't, you just can't fight against the devil in something that just don't fit you. You know, you haven't proven it. You haven't used it. You don't know if it'll help you out or not. You can't, you can't use what somebody else might have used and discarded because they didn't think it worked for them. So, <laughs> so he says, I, I can't, and he slipped it off. And the Bible says that he went down by a brook, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, and he grabbed him up five smooth stones. He was concerned about Goliath having four other brothers. I don't know, but I don't know if he was thinking maybe maybe if I miss once, I certainly ought to be able to hit him at least uh, out of five tries. You know, we'll just give it our best shot. I don't know. But the Bible said he knelt down with the enemy on the hill, knelt down with the enemy on the hill and looked around and found five smooth stones and he put them in his pouch. But verse number 40 of 1 Samuel 17 says that he had his staff in his hand. <laughs> Who had his staff in his hand. Why? Because that staff had already been with him a pretty good while. And when he crossed that stream and he went up in there, Goliath of Gath saw him. The Bible said that he began to make mockery of him, began to curse the God of Israel. And he looked down and he said, do you think I'm a dog? Who do you think you are? You're nothing but a little child. You're nothing but a, I'll feed your flesh to the fowls of there and to the beast of the field. Just who do you think you are? And David looked up at him, I believe, and then he looked back at his staff and said, well, I remember whenever I was called out 
to come to daddy's house, uh, there was the old prophet Samuel that showed up and he had a horn of oil and he anointed me with that oil and I, I notched it out right there so I'd never forget when the anointing come on me. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, there it is. I remember the day that that bear come out of the wilderness and grabbed up one of my little sheep and the spirit of the Lord come on me and uh, I went out there and I just took that old sheep out of that old bear's paw and I killed that bear by the help of God and yep, there's that notch I took out whenever that lion come into the pasture and grabbed up one of my daddy's prized sheep. I went over there by the spirit of God and I took that lamb out of the mouth of that lion and God gave me the victory of it. I believe old David just looked at Goliath and he said, listen, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. I believe he raised up that staff and said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel for the same God that delivered me out of the paw of the bear, out of the mouth of the lion is the same God that's with me right now. What are you trying to tell me? When the hounds of hell are nipping at your feet and your heart is filled with grief and sorrow, you've got a reminder to lean on. Yes, God brought me through once through again. I don't know how I'm going to make this wide curve but I'm going to lean on a reminder somehow I'm going to get through it. My heart's broken. My spirit's heavy but somehow, somehow, somehow I'm going to get through it. In Psalms 23 verse 4 David said thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. You walk out on me. You tell me I'm alone but I got a God that'll never leave me that'll never forsake me he'll walk up close to me in the deepest darkest hours of my life and he'll tell me you're gonna come out of this valley I'll make your feet like hind's feet you shall overcome you shall be a victor you shall be a winner why? because I'm leaning on a reminder I'm leaning on a reminder (laughs) you see I got this one not, that's when I got saved. I got saved under a grand piano. Right there's where I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, right here's when I got married. <laughs> yeah, right here's whenever we had our first child. And then my wife had to go in the hospital and the doctors told her, you've got cancer. Right there's whenever God walked in her room on a Wednesday morning at four, between 4.30 and 6.30, healed her body and they done, they done in surgery. Doctor come out and looked at me and says, I can't find anything. That's what that notch means. Oh yeah, I remember that notch. That's that notch right there. That's when my little girl had a seizure. And went, I had a fever and went into a seizure and the doctors told us she'll have seizures the rest of her life. She's 29 years old and the only fit she's thrown when she didn't get away. She's never had another seizure since. This notch right here is when I was making a hospital call one Friday evening on August the 9th and I got hit head on by another vehicle, a man traveling 65 miles an hour and I was going 55 and he hit me head on. Right there is where God brought me through the pain and the depression and the sorrow and the difficulty. Every one of these notches says something to me because you know what it says? Reminds me God's faithful. Listen, that's what we gotta have in this hour. I gotta lean on a reminder. 
I got to lean on a reminder. Somehow, how are we going to make it through? Listen, we're living in an ungodly culture like we've never experienced before. It's time we lean on a reminder God's going to bring us through. I said, God's going to see us through this circumstance. God's going to bring us out. I know the last year and a half has been probably one of some of the most difficult times of your life. I want to say something to you. We've got a God we can lean on. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 21, 22, and 23 says this. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. That word consume in the Hebrew means to never end. His mercies never end. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And listen what he said. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is God's faithfulness. old man eased up on the side of that bed eased up on the side of that bed trembling hands couldn't see maybe just a shout and he laid his hands on their head but the Bible said he leaned on his staff God's been with me for 147 years he's not fisting to leave me now some of you come in this room this morning and you needed a reminder to lean on. God wants you to know he has not forsaken you. He has not forsaken you. He is with you. Oh, the Holy Spirit's moving in this house. Bow your heads with me in your hearts, please, O oh God of heaven. O oh God of heaven, in the name of Jesus. God, if there's ever been an hour that we need a reminder to lean on, it's now. Oh God. There are people in this room whose heart's heavy, their spirit is weary. God, I pray that you will remind them and assure them now, this moment, you are with them and you will be faithful to them. You will see them through every step of the way. I'm going to ask you to stand across the congregation. Everybody's standing. Would you just lift your hands and your hearts to God right now and just thank Him for being faithful? Would you do that? We're going to open up this altar time for you to come. You need the Lord to renew your strength. You need the Lord to just assure you with his peace in your heart that he's faithful to you. Some of you are facing some tough, tough times right now. The Lord wants you to have a reminder to lean on today. You may have to go to the house and get your own staff. You may need to make something. You can just make a notch on that nobody else knows about and say, Lord, right here, it was this date. October the 17th, 2021, at 12 minutes after 11 o'clock, heaven's Holy Ghost touched my soul and reminded me I'm gonna make it through. Come on, you may have to, you may have to put something somewhere to remind you, God's gonna see me through. God's gonna make a way. God's gonna save my son and my daughter. God's gonna help me out. 
It's going to take a step of faith this morning. But if you're here today and you just want to lean on that reminder, would you slip out of that those chairs and come to this front with your hands lifted and your hearts open and say, God, touch me with your presence. Oh, there's an anointing here. There's an anointing here. Come on. Come on with your hands lifted saying, God, I'm going to embrace your faithfulness. God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to come on, worship him. Worship him this morning. Worship him this morning. Worship him this morning.